You are tampering with forces you can't understand. We have major corporations sponsoring this event. You are tuned in to the Fantasy Wire HQ Quick Cast. Today's show is brought to you by Full Time Fantasy, home of the Fantasy Football World Championships. We're also a proud member of the Full Time Fantasy Network. Check them out online at fulltimefantasy.com. All right, welcome to the show today. Got a good one for week 11. I am Frank B. in the Fantasy Wire HQ studios. Thanks for jumping on today. Shoot me a follow at Twitter, at Fantasy Wire HQ, and bookmark the website, fantasywirehq.com. Got the quick cast today. It's designed to get you everything you need in under 30 minutes or less. It's a no-edit freestyle podcast. I just put it out there each week like we're hanging out talking football at the bar. We are at week 11 here. It's a crazy ride so far. And uh, we'll move through this week's game skid. We'll talk about some DFS plays as well. I think it's a pretty strong FanDuel DraftKings week. I I like week 11 a lot. And uh, if you've got specific lineup questions, player versus player, who do I start, flex guys, whatever you want to talk about, post them up on Twitter and then hit me up for Livewire Sunday. Mm -hmm. Every Sunday, like two hours before kickoff, I'll sit there, run through my own lineups, and then I'll answer questions and uh, anything you got, you want to shoot past me here for the before kickoff. Quick fantasy nugget before we get started. Do this on every episode. Basically, last week I said, if you got to make plays to make a run, get the trades done, get the waiver ads, the guys that are going to make a difference. And I think for week 11, it's pretty much the same thing, but there's definitely some more urgency, right? We're pretty close to fantasy playoffs and... I'm looking at my teams this week. I'm in like 10 leagues, which is way too much. I will have a fantasy purge next year. And I, I got to cut off. I just don't have time for this stuff. And I really want to dedicate and be able to go all in on some of these teams and leagues. But listen, I'm looking at my teams and I'm like, man, some I feel good about. I got a playoff spot locked up. It's done deal. Other ones, I'm eliminated. <laughs> it's re- they're really bad. And other, a few other ones, I'm right on the fringe. So I'm looking at these fringe ones. And it's like, well, what do I need to do to get over the hump here, right? Some of these guys I've been carrying, um, committed to for whatever reason, for too long. So you need to make a choice, and you got to axe some of these guys that it's just it's time for them to go. Screw you! You're fired. Yeah, you're fired. So I, some of these teams I made over completely. Um, I got rid of, I dumped a bunch of players. I hit the waiver strong. And I was able to score some key guys, took some chances on some other ones for down the road because I am I will look ahead to the fantasy playoffs and see who has a good schedule. They may not necessarily look good this week or next week, but if they look good in you know the week 15, 16, I'll scoop them up early. Don't be afraid to do that. Take a look and see because other people are pretty focused on the right now and present and they're going to go after who's going to get them a shot this week, maybe next week. But look ahead. Don't be afraid to look ahead. That would be my key fantasy nugget for week 11. So let's jump into some games, see what we've got on the docket. We will profile the wire watch games I post on Twitter. I just do three a week. Just games that I got my eye on I think are going to be good ones. We'll jump into the action here. You are looking live. Arizona, Seattle for Thursday night. If you're listening to the podcast and the game has already been concluded, I am sorry. Hopefully these picks were right, and I, I have a good feeling about this game. I, I won like 70 bucks off this game a few weeks ago when they played, and it's a killer. It's 56.5 over under. 
I love everything about it. Prime time, good matchup, two awesome quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, he's thrown seven picks in the last four, three the last time he faced Arizona. I'm still confident in Wilson. If there's any quarterback that I kind of really dig in and believe on, it's him. I think he'll be okay this week. Tyler Lockett, knee sprain. You got to keep an eye on his uh, status for for kickoff. I'm sure he'll play. I think he'd be effective. It's hard to say. Pete Carroll will never give you anything as far as, you know, some insight to what's really going on, but it's it go with your gut. If you've got Lockett and your gut saying play him, play him. If your gut saying don't play him, don't. You got to do what's best for your team. Hyde and Carson. Hyde's got the hamstring. I think he plays against the Cardinals tonight. Carson's got the foot, and he's another one. It's a game-time decision. So the last time we saw Hyde, Week 7 in Arizona, Carson was hurt. Hyde had 15 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. He looked like he was doing pretty well. Three catches for eight yards on four targets before he left the game. This week, if I'm looking at them in fantasy, I'm going to plug them in as flex plays. I just don't know. I don't want to bump them into like an RB1 or 2. I'd feel better if it's a flex spot, if that's where they fit the best. If I've got other players that outrank them, then I'll put them in there. DK Metcalf, he's failed to crack 29 receiving yards in half of his past four games. Now, those numbers are sandwiched between, what, 200-plus yard games that he had. Um, He was held to 23 receiving yards in Week 7 against the Cardinals. But that was due because Tyler Lockett was destroying the Cardinals. Remember, he went off. I think he had like 50-plus fantasy points that week. So if Lockett's questionable or he's banged up or he's not a 100, you'd have to expect DK Metcalf to pick up the slack. So Arizona's allowed the most points. They're tied for most touchdowns surrendered to the position over the past month. So I, I like DK. I'll play him. I'm not afraid there. On the Arizona side, Kyler Murray, he scored, this is a good stat, 13 fantasy points per game just on the ground. So Murray is a lock. Christian Kirk, so he went off for five weeks. He looked great. He was averaging like 18 fantasy points or something. He came back to earth, right? He, you know, Of course it's going to happen. Week 10, he puts up like six fantasy points. He was targeted six times. That's 32 targets over his last three games. Wideouts have seen 36 more targets against Seattle than any other team in the NFL. So I'm not going to back off of Kirk. I'm not afraid to play him again this week. The Seahawks, they allow the most points, receptions, yarded, everything, right? They're bottom-of-the-barrel defense. So I'll plug in Kirk. Drake and Edmonds, if you're starting Kenyon Drake, I think he's a touchdown-dependent boomer bust. You got to go, you know, you're only going to do well if he if he gets in the end zone. Chase Edmonds, five carries and four straight. Um, I think he's a safe bet. His floor is nice, probably 10 fantasy points at least. He's had... Um, Decent showings in the past game, right? Five of his past six. He's had at least 10 fantasy points, so I like that. That's a good sign. Drake muddies it a little bit, but look at Seattle. They're allowing an NFL average 79% catch rate, 7.5 yards per reception to running back. So I'd, I'd plug Edmonds in over Drake, um, but you never know. Maybe Drake goes off. I just think he's got to get a touchdown to deliver in fantasy this week. Tennessee. Titans, Baltimore Ravens. Oh my good God. This is a little payback match for the Ravens. <clears throat> I'm sure Tennessee's licking their chops because they are going to want nothing more than to unleash Derrick Henry again on the ground because Baltimore, they are destroyed in the trenches. No Campbell. Um, oh goodness. Williams went out last week. I mean, they're beat 
up. So I think this is a game where Derrick Henry just just lays it out. Lamar Jackson, right? Pretty much a low-end quarterback one this whole season. 12th most points at the position since like week five. He scored 18 fantasy points in three of his last four. Two outings, he's had 21 fantasy points plus. Now the Titans, they allow... Uh, 20 plus points a game average, I believe, to quarterbacks this year. I know Lamar Jackson just stunk it up against the Patriots. It was in the rain. If you look at his stats, they weren't really all that bad. He kind of balled out, but just the game, the script, the weather, all of it was just terrible. Not making excuses. It was terrible. I totally agree. But like since week two, opposing quarterbacks have scored at least two touchdowns in every game against Tennessee. So you got to like Lamar Jackson, at least for a touchdown, right? Whether he rushes in for one, throws for one. I think he's okay. Um, Low-end quarterback one feels just about right. Ryan Tannehill, Jake Lutton for the Jags. He's averaged more points than Tannehill over the last two weeks, even though the Jags quarterback hasn't even cracked double digits, right? Quarterback 17 since week seven. Tannehill's averaged 12 and a half completions over his last two. The last four weeks, the Ravens have allowed 59 completions to opposing quarterbacks. That's the third fewest in the NFL since their week eight bye. They've held opponents to the quarterback position to just like 12, 13 fantasy points. So I'm going to probably sit Tannehill this week unless I got a better option out there. If I'm in a super flex, I'd plug him in there, but it's a dice roll. Jonu Smith, he hasn't topped 32 receiving yards in any of Tennessee's past five. So to me, it's a touchdown or bust play. Gus Edwards back on the Ravens there. The, the whole running back backfield for the Ravens is a mess. 5.4 plus yards per carry in two of his last three. He scored a rushing touchdown in three of his last four. But now Mark Ingram is back. The Titans have allowed 28 red zone touches to running backs over the last four weeks. That's the most in the NFL. But when I look at it, is it going to be Gus? Is it going to be Mark Ingram? I have no idea. Good God! That's exactly what I say with that running back committee there. Mark Andrews, nine targets in week 10. That tied his career high. Awesome! Now there's no Nick Boyle, so does that mean Andrews gets a big bump in target share and, and looks here? Is he going to come back to the Mark Andrews we knew last year? I think so. And then Hollywood Brown... He's only had two double-digit fantasy performances all season. None at all in the last month. Everybody's dumping this guy, and I I don't disagree at all. Um, But look at the Titans. They've allowed the second-most fantasy points to opposing wideouts. They've consistently been burned by players that are the Hollywood Brown mold, the speedsters downfield, right? So when they met up last January... And I was at that game. It was a heartbreaker. Um, Hollywood Brown catches 7 for 11, 126 yards. Can he do anything like that again if he were to get over five, six targets? I think he could, right? I think he gets in the the end zone. I think maybe he breaks out. It's hard to say. I'd roll the dice on him if you're desperate. Um, If you've got better, solid, consistent plays, you know, more solid, more consistent over him, maybe plug them in, in your lineup. But I would roll the dice with Brown this week. It should be a better weather game, and uh, he he could do something here this week. And then the Sunday nighter, the Chiefs and the Raiders. I think ton, you know, Raiders defense is just COVID positive. They might not even play. Whatever the deal, six players, something like that. Obviously, Kansas City are starting everybody. You know the names there. 
But on the Raiders side, I was looking there. Derek Carr, the last time he he went off against the Chiefs, 29 fantasy points, 347 passing yards, three touchdowns, one pick. I mean, that was an incredible game. I don't think he does it again this week, but he's scored at least 22 fantasy points in three of four home games this year. Kansas City just allowed Teddy Bridgewater to pass for 310, three total touchdowns. If the Raiders do not have all these defensive players and they need to keep up in a shootout against Kansas City, plug Derek Carr in there. I think he's he's a great value in fantasy this week. Darren Waller, 13 red zone targets for Darren Waller. That's tied with Travis Kelsey and Jimmy Graham for the most among tight ends this season. Nelson Aguilar, he's another one. He's a complete dart throw, hope for the best. He's going to need to at least score a touchdown to muster anything relevant for your fantasy team this week. But he did score the last time in week five. He had two catches, 67 yards on two targets. He's had a touchdown in four of his past six. I know he laid the egg the other week. He's only, yeah, he only has one game this season with more than four targets. So that is very, uh, I don't know. Hopefully this game's a shootout. If it's a shootout, I think he gets plenty of targets and he'll do just fine. And then some odds and ends just per position. A couple guys that I like at each position. The quarterback this week. Look at Jameis Winston against Atlanta. He was the fourth highest scorer last season. He's taken over for Drew Brees. He's got some weapons. The Falcons surrender a league high 26 fantasy points to the quarterback this season. Four of their last six have scored at least 20 plus. Um, I think he can do some damage this week. He's another roll-the-dice type quarterback. If it's a super flex league, I'm absolutely plugging him in. But um, it's worth a shot. I think a sleeper this week, you could look at Alex Smith going up against the Bengals. Um, 390 yards on the last game. He, He didn't find the end zone. I think it was like 15, 16 fantasy points. His trend of going scoreless, it's not going to continue this week, right? The Bengals allow the second most touchdown passes in football at 21 this season, 11 over the last four weeks. That's most in the NFL over that span. Smith has been slinging it. He's averaged 43 pass attempts and 350 um, over the last two. So I like him to do some damage this week. At the running back position, I definitely like DeAndre Swift this week at Carolina. The Lions have made... Just a mess of the backfield, right? We've we've gone into this with on Johnson, Adrian Peterson. It's just it's a mess at times. Um, Swift gets his first career start. What last week he outsnapped the next closest Lions running back by thirty four, and he had he delivered twenty five fantasy points, fourth amongst running backs. He's averaged eighteen and a half touches over the last two weeks. Look at the Panthers. They allow the most red zone touches and fourth most points to running back. So I think he can definitely get in the end zone this week. He can definitely uh, carry the Lions and be an integral part of the offense. And then Salvin Ahmed at the Denver Broncos. Lots of talk last week. Probably the top waiver ad in your league, I'm sure, right? But he played 44 or 58 snaps last Sunday. Touched the ball 22 times. Over the last four weeks, the Broncos have surrendered the second most points to running backs. And that's pretty much 21 red zone touches to the position over that span. That's fifth most in the NFL. Uh, look at what Salvin did in the in the within the 20, right? He had three touches inside the 10. So I like his chances again this week to get in the end zone and pound it in there for the Dolphins. The wide receiver position, Jacoby Myers at Houston. 
He was the only Patriots wideout to catch a pass a week ago. He's seen 37 targets come his way over the last four. Houston allows the sixth most receiving touchdowns to wide receivers this year. The, over the Texans' past three games, two wideouts have logged at least 140-plus receiving yards. So I like Myers. I think a sleeper this week would be Jalen Rager. He tied for the team lead in snaps last week, 59 on the day. His seven targets against the Giants were also a team high. He's seen 13 passes come his way over the last two games. The Browns allowed the six most fantasy points and receptions as well as a third most targets and red zone touches to wide receivers this week. They can use him in a lot of different ways. I think he'll get in the end zone for sure. I'd like him a lot this week. Tight end position, the, the dreaded tight end position, which is god-awful. Picking players out of this dump. Um, but the start for me would be TJ Hawkinson. He's been pretty consistent this season. He's laid a dud in week 10. I think it was like three or four fantasy points. Very disappointing. But if you look at his body of work, he's averaged 15 over his last three previous contests. Over the last four, the Panthers have allowed a league high 18 to opposing tight ends. So since week four, six tight ends have either hauled in a, a touchdown catch or eclipsed 100 yards against Carolina. So I like that stat. That makes me a little more confident to play him this week. And a sleeper, we talked about Alex Smith. He's going to be hooking up with Logan Thomas. The position overall at tight end, we know it's it's absolutely atrocious. Um, but he scored 10-plus in three of his last four. I think it's an outlet for, for Alex Smith. They got a little chemistry going. Um, he threw the ball 55 times, right? He's going to, Logan Thomas is going to be a big part of that this week, I think. The Bengals allow the second most fantasy points and third most receiving yards to tight ends this year. Since week five, they've allowed six receiving touchdowns to the position. Thomas has found the end zone in half of his last four games. I love Thomas this week. You can get him cheap on the uh, DFS. And for fantasy, if you're desperate, pick him up. He's probably, there's a lot of leagues where he's still out there. So I think he would be a great addition to the lineup this week. Well, now we can run through some DFS. These are some plays. Each week I take a look at a couple categories. I'll do bank plays where these are just, these are your big money buys in DFS. And these are guys that I want to build a lineup around. Maybe one or two of these guys and then build a lineup around them. These are guys that I like. So let's jump in and see what we've got going on here. I don't think I've got any other guys that jump off. Nope, that's... I'm going to be posting this on Twitter here shortly. But yeah, quarterback Kyler Murray, we talked about him. He's averaging 31 fantasy points going up against the 32nd-ranked Seattle team. Derrick Henry, I love him to do damage this week. 19 fantasy point average going up against 19th-ranked Baltimore. You can get him for 8,200 on FanDuel, 8,000 on DraftKings. D-Hop for the cards, you got to love him tonight. 21 fantasy point average. Seattle's again ranked 32nd. He's 8,800 on FanDuel, 8,100 on DraftKings. Travis Kelsey, best tight end you can get, 19.9. Vegas is ranked 5th. I still like him. 8,000 on FanDuel, 7,300 on DraftKings. At a flex play, I like uh, Terry McLaurin. 18 fantasy point average going up against 26-ranked Seattle, or yeah, Cincinnati Bengals, I'm sorry, 7,300 on FanDuel, 6,900 on DraftKings. I'll take Terry 
in a flex. I love Terry in the flex. He's a good player. If uh, Alex Smith is slinging it, you gotta you gotta have Terry in there catching it. Value plays is another category I like to put. These are value plays where I look at each position, look at the matchups, look at the price, and you say, man, these guys are pretty good value. You could they got a lot of upside upside players. Uh, maybe the matchup is is better than one would think. Any whatever reason, these are my value plays that I'm gonna plug in in that lineup. So if I got some bank people in there, some bank plays, I'll take a few of these value plays and build around them and get a pretty balanced team upside. It's you got to take risks, you got to take some chances. These are some good ones here. Jameis Winston, 28th ranked Atlanta Falcons, 7200 on FanDuel, 5900 on DraftKings. The Falcons surrender a league high 26 points to quarterbacks this season. And like I said, four of their last six have scored 20 plus. So I think Winston can do some damage and being 5,900, especially on DraftKings, that's one I definitely want. we let him off the hook. Naeem Hines, it's a little dice roll here. Take your chances. He's averaging 12 and a half fantasy points going up against the 29th ranked Packers. 6,100 on FanDuel, 5,200 on DraftKings. He's had, you know, week 10, he had 17 touches, season high. It's a dice roll, I know, because you say, well, is it going to be Jordan Wilkins? Is it going to be Jonathan Taylor? Is it going to be Hines? How do I figure that out? I, I'm i going to roll the dice and say it's Hines this week because he is hot. Taylor has stunk, and the Packers cannot stop the run. They're terrible in the trenches on defense, and they always have an issue with backs, receiving backs, um, the shifty backs, Hines. I think Hines can do some big damage this week. I do like him a lot. Justin Jefferson for the Vikes, 16.7 fantasy point average. He's going up against 31st, the 31st ranked Dallas Cowboys, 6,700 on FanDuel, six grand on Draft Kings. And the rookie, I know every time you play him, right, he follows up a big performance with a dud. The matchup against the Cowboys is too good. I think he can do it this week. I'm not worried. I'll roll him out there as well. Mark Andrews, 11. Fantasy point average, 21st ranked Tennessee Titans. He's 6,500 on FanDuel. It's pretty nice for a tight end. 4,900 on DraftKings, even better. And like I said, the volume is going to be there without Nick Boyle. So I think Andrews is a steal in Daily Fantasy this week in that whole class of tight ends. Like I said, 4,900 for Andrews. You've got tons of upside. I really like it, especially with Lamar Jackson. He's going get to get in the end zone. Andrews can take a receiving uh, touchdown for sure this week. And a flex play, I had Michael Pittman. He's averaging 8.3 fantasy points. I know you look at it and say, well, it's not even double digits. Um, Green Bay's ranked eighth, right? So you're oh, the Packers are tough on the receivers. I'm going contrarian play here, I'm telling you. 5,500 on FanDuel, 4,500 on DraftKings. It's a contrarian play, yes. He posted career highs and targets at eight, seven receptions, 101 yards in week 10. The Packers are not going to have Alexander shadow him. I believe Alexander is going to be on T.Y. Hilton. The Packers cannot out-physical the Colts. They will not get a pass rush. Their Colts' offensive line is significantly better than the Packers' defensive front or blitz packages they throw against him. I know Phillip Rivers is Phillip Rivers. I really think Pittman goes off this game. The Packers, this is tried-and-true recipe Every week, they'll have some no-name guy or a rookie or somebody just lay the wood to them in a matchup that they should win handedly or be able to lock down the other team's best players. 
I think this is the week for Pittman. He goes off, and if he goes off at a $4,500 play on DraftKings in your flex, you'll be quite happy. And the stack game, I always do a feature stack, and this is when I scroll through the uh, captain stat, captain mode, right? And I'm looking at one game to put all my chips in. Come on, man. It's Arizona and Seattle all day long. Here we go. Yes. Get it out there, Homer. Yeah, you got tons of players. This is the best stack game of the week. Russell Will, my, my lineup, I don't know. Wilson, Edmonds, Hopkins, Hollister at tight end, DK Metcalf. I think I'm, I think that one makes some good sense right now. I'm, I'm going to change it, obviously. I change it a million times until kickoff. Um, but I like that one. I think that one looks good to me. It's a, it's a single game entry. I'm going to hit it everywhere, plug in as much as I can, and uh, hopefully it hits here in a 50-50 maybe, a multiplier, I don't know. If you're doing these 50-50 games, I typically my goal for me is get in one that's about 100 players and cap it because if you get in the top half, you're winning. So I don't think a lot of the Sharks necessarily are in that. I mean, you do the tournament, you're going to lose the uh, some of the multipliers with like 2,000 people in it. Obviously, you got to place in like top three or five. But the, fi- the 50-50s are good. If you find, you know, $5 plays with 100 people capped it, I, you got a good chance of winning some money. So that would be my best DFS advice for this week on that note. That'll wrap up the show. Good luck to everybody this week. I really hope you guys do well and get into the fantasy playoffs and uh, and dominate here for this second half. That'll wrap up this week's show. Again, good luck to all of you. If uh, you've got any players that do the opposite, hashtag it because fantasy. That way we can have a laugh or a cry over it. And uh, stay tuned until the next episode. Until then. Yeah, all right. This press conference is over. Go away. No, it's over, pal. It's over.